Welcome to Women's Leadership Today, presented by Progressive Women's Leadership. I'm your host, Michelle, and we are bringing you the latest in leadership skills and expertise. Today, we have with us Caitlin Powers, Manager of Corporate Training at the Children's Place. Caitlin is a dedicated learning and development professional with a passion for culture and people development. With over 18 years in the retail industry, Caitlin has worked her way up through various roles throughout her career, starting as a part-time seasonal employee. She's a single mom of a spunky five-year-old girl and an avid fisherwoman, which we'll definitely have to hear more about. Absolutely. Well, thank you for joining us today, Caitlin. <laughs> thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Well, to start, can you tell us a bit more about your role and what you do? Absolutely. So I'm the manager of corporate training at the Children's Place and primarily responsible for uh, training our corporate population here, right here in New Jersey. And um, whatever, anything from soft skills, competencies, leadership development. So wide a range of training programs, but really supporting our corporate teams. Well, great. And so first off, can you tell us about your first retail job? My first retail job was at the Bath, at Bath and Body Works uh, here in New Jersey in the Garden State Plaza Mall, part-time seasonal holiday help. It was, I will never forget that year, that role. It was a crazy time, 2003, um, super busy mall. It was a lot of fun. And great. How old were you when you first started working? I was 18. That I consider my first real job. I did start working as an ice cream scooper, though, uh, when I was 16. So a little local ice cream mm -hmm. shop. So I guess that's probably my first real job, my first job, technically. But uh, my first real job into my career was at uh, the mall there at 18. So I don't know. Starting as an ice cream scooper sounds pretty fun. <laughs> it was great. Ice cream after a shift. It was perfect. <laughs> and can you tell us a little bit about your journey of how you got to your current role? Absolutely. I, I always like to say that I grew up in retail. I have a love of retail. You either truly love the field or you don't. It's either for you or it's not, I like to say. And I did. I started out as that part-time associate, worked my way into becoming full-time, into management roles. I always found myself really drawn to that onboarding experience, helping my peers with training and development, solving problems um, and quickly found my way um, into training. So whether it was helping a new hire at their first day at our store or as I grew into my roles and taking on different stretch assignments as a trainer or um, different things around that nature, it was just always felt a need to help someone grow. You know, seeing that light bulb go off when you start teaching them something and they get it always really drove me and made me really passionate about what I do and kind of how I found my way into the whole training world and learning and development. Well, it sounds like you sort of found your niche from the get-go. Yeah, I didn't know that's what I wanted to do. I, I went to school for something very different. Mm. I went to school for sociology, um, but just found my love of supporting people and developing people and uh, training. So just kind of led me there by accident. I feel like I fell into it. That's great. Well, it sounds like you really found your passions. Yeah. Wonderful. I would agree. Well, as you know, our theme for this month is initiative. And this is a topic that can mean different things 
to each person. When you think of initiative, what comes to mind? Yeah, so I was looking up, you know, different definitions of initiative, and there were two that kind of stuck with me. And really, I saw the ability to assess and initiate things independently stuck out to me. And then the an actor strategy intending to resolve a difficulty or improve a situation, a fresh approach to something. So when I think about initiative, those two definitions are the ones that really stick with me. And I think it's when you're showing initiative, it's you're doing things without being told to do them, right? You're finding what you need to know if you don't have the answers. You keep going when things get tough. You don't just stop, you know, that's not my job. That's not that person's mentality. You really like act instead of react and mm -hmm. and you just keep forging through. Those are the things that come to my mind when I think about initiative, whether it was someone myself, someone on a team, when I see people at work displaying it, those are the the attributes that I see and think of the most. Well, I think you sort of answered this next question a little bit, but how would you say initiative has helped you get to where you are today? Yeah, I really think for me, when I think about my career journey, initiative was the catalyst for every opportunity that came my way. If I saw something that we were missing, let's just say during an onboarding program, and I thought we could do it better, taking that initiative to raise my hand and kind of speak out um, is really what I think led me to be able to create opportunities for myself. And what I didn't realize that I was doing was at the time, you know, young, I was building my brand and, you know, I was creating that exposure. And now I know that's what I was doing. But back then I just wanted to be helpful. I just saw something that we were doing that wasn't working. And I wanted to say, hey, I think we can do this differently. Here's what I would try and, and doing that and, you know, not realizing what I was really doing in the long term. So when I think about that, you know, volunteering, raising your hand, and I think that's how initiative has helped me in my career, just continuously doing that. When roles were created or opportunities presented itself, you know, I was possibly thought of because I was the one who was raising my hand and mm -hmm. speaking up and not afraid to, to say, hey, let's try something else. Let's do something different. Or I created this um, for us to use. So I think that's why, what's helped me in my own career when I think of initiative. And it sounds like you recognize those opportunities and in some situations even created some opportunities for yourself. Yeah. And unknowingly right like just mm. wanting to do better it was just something that was i feel like innate in me and and passionate about problem solving and and enhancing a process if we can so for sure and and that sometimes can be the hardest part is being able to speak up like that's confidence there and you don't always have that but i think if you start out small with some small wins it definitely helps along the way um but it's having the confidence or, or courage to be able to do that and, and can't say I always had it, but when the times I did and I was able to show my initiative, it, it definitely helped me. And I think that's a good point. Sometimes I think it's, you know, having that courage, like you said, to raise your hand, or sometimes we may have a big project we need to get started with. And just taking that first step can be a big challenge. And would you say, what would you say are some small everyday things women can do to take initiative in the workplace, small things they can do if those big things are feeling overwhelming. Absolutely. I think it's, in my opinion, it's be curious. It's asking questions. It's even if, you know, you're not sure about what it could be, you don't know what it is. And 
raising your hand and just asking the questions. Don't stop learning ever. Um, whether it's about your own role, about the role that you know your next level leader is doing, about the organization, a cross-functional peer. It's just constantly asking questions, learning, staying current even in your own industry trends. So you can then identify some of these little things that can come up where you can ask the question or raise your hand and say, hey, I'm noticing this before it becomes a problem or, or a roadblock for us. Maybe we can do something or this may be a potential thing to think about in the future. So it's it's staying knowledgeable. It's asking a lot of questions and and trying to maybe tackle some of those things before they come up, you know, without being asked or waiting for it to happen. It's mm -hmm. really that, I think, taking that proactive approach versus reactive, if you can. And it could be super small ways, you know, based on whatever seat you sit in at your company or organization and, you know, not making it out to be this, oh, initiative, it's a huge, scary word. It doesn't mm -hmm. have to be. It could be as simple as, hey, I noticed we were doing it this way. I've heard this trend is happening in our industry and let's try to get around that. You know, what do we think? And just even sparking a conversation, it just shows that you're, you're thinking and you're, you're trying to be planful. Yeah, no, I think that's great advice. And something that I hear quite a bit from women just starting out in their career, or perhaps they've shifted to a new career is saying, well, I'm not a leader or I don't see myself as a leader because of I only, I've only had a couple of months in this position where I'm just starting out my career. What would you say to those women they may be holding back or feel they should hold themselves back? Yeah, I think leadership is another one of those big, scary words. It doesn't have to be big and scary where, you know, we're all leaders in our own way. You can don't have to have a team to be a leader. It's how you show up every day. It's what you're doing. It's how you present yourself. All of those different things, small, tiny things could have an impact on someone's da daily um, journey, your career journey, whether it's for yourself or a peer. Um, if you do have a team, someone on your team, but I think regardless of the seat you sit in, uh, you definitely can show leadership. And even if it's within your own role and taking the accountability and ownership of your work, you know, the work of the team that you're on, even supporting a peer or just asking for more. Um, it could be there's new projects coming on and you want to continue to learn and grow. And it's taking that comes back to that taking initiative yeah. and ownership of that. So I think, you know, leadership initiative, words that sometimes we can take and and spin them to something much bigger where it doesn't have to be. That makes sense. No, absolutely. <laughs> I agree. That's something I say frankly, is you don't need to be a manager or supervisor to be a leader. Everyone can be a leader and step in into that leadership role. And I think a big part of that is like what we are talking about, take that initiative Take that initiative for that step. And what about for women looking to take the next step in their career? What are things they can do to demonstrate their initiative and that desire to do more within their own organization? Yeah, I think it's taking that self-assessment and understanding, you know, are you the one that's making things happen on your own or are you kind of waiting for someone to tell you what to do next? And if you are kind of waiting for that direction or what is the next project we're working on, then it's 
taking a step back and starting to shift that mindset a little bit. Could be really small steps at first, you know, anticipating that we're working on a project. Oh, here's my part of that and doing it before someone asks of me. Um, and when you start doing that, you start making those little tiny shifts in your exposure, in your role for yourself, the kind of the, the brand that you're making. And uh, from there, you can build on that. I also think it's super important when you're, when you're looking to kind of demonstrate that you have the initiative and the desire to do more that you have a, a development plan in place. You know, nobody is going to own your development or be more passionate about your own development than you. And you should definitely make sure that you take that time to invest in yourself. And then the second part of that is letting your leader, your peers know, hey, these are the goals that I'm working on. You know, it doesn't have to be something that you do quietly in the shadows, personally, professionally, but something that you talk about. It's super helpful when people know, because then not only can you then ask them for feedback, but you can have an accountability partner if needed. But it it definitely helps to make sure that you're you have an understanding of where you are when it comes to development plans, where you want to be, and then how do you kind of start bridging that gap and filling in the spaces so you can make that next move, whatever that may be, maybe to the next level or two above you, but understanding that, getting really good at what you do so you can then start that stretch assignment. And that's very interesting. I do like your idea of creating a development plan. At what stage in one's career would you say they should start working on a development plan? At any time, you know, you don't have to be junior in your role to have a development plan. You should, I always have a development plan for myself. And sometimes mm -hmm. it, it's longer than I want to be because maybe I didn't complete them the way I should have those little steps I'd wanted to take, or it's just taking a little bit longer. And that's totally fine. They're meant to be fluid and assessed constantly, reevaluated. And just because you complete, you know, one part of it doesn't mean then you can now you have to stop, just keep adding to it. And it, it takes courage. It definitely takes some time, definitely initiative to be able to do that and to put it out there. And hey, this is what I'm working on. These are the things that I know I need to do better on because you're kind of possibly admitting some areas where you need improvement. And it's scary to let people know what that is, but it's super helpful. Because um, People inherently, I believe, want to to see others succeed. And you know, when you're saying this is what I'm working on and this is what I may need help with, they're always, I feel like, more than likely willing to help. And really, at any time, the moment I feel like an employee thinks that they know everything is kind of then when you really do stop growing. I think we always have room to improve and grow. And no matter what level you're at, you can still develop a skill a little bit further. Certainly, yes, I agree. I think you're right. I think when people hear that you're wanting to grow and wanting to do more, they get excited. And especially as women, I think one of our inherent traits is to mentor and coach and guide and get excited for the other person and help them along the path. Absolutely. And we know there's a lot of statistics out there and things out there for women in the workplace. And it's very true. So whenever I can, you know, make sure I can bring someone along the journey with me. If I get there first, hold the door open for you. Like I think if a lot of women can start doing that to support other women in the workplace, it's definitely helpful. Absolutely. And that's certainly something we are trying to do here with our programs. <laughs> and let me shift gears a little, Caitlin. As a corporate trainer, are there certain attributes that you look for or try to develop in your employees? Yeah, definitely. And 
I think we always look for some great qualities to have when we are going through training or assessing, you know, in, in any organization. It's the people that ask for feedback and then are able to apply it. They have those really great active listening skills. We're not just listening to to then wait and say our part. We're really listening to understand and then respond, right? Having that positive attitude. Ones that look for alternative ways to get things done, you know, taking initiative, of course, um, once I can really deal with any roadblocks and change, change is hard, change happens all the time, <laughs> know that over the last few years as well. So it's being able to take that as it is and come up with a plan and keep moving forward. So really having that success, maybe without a, a full plan, even finding that missing information, like we talked about, that little bit of a going above and beyond in their day-to-day. -day. I think those are some of the, the attributes we want to look for. They're super helpful, I think, in any role. Oh, definitely. And I bet in your role, you've seen a bit of everything. Do you have some examples that come to mind of someone stepping up and taking initiative or even something from your own personal journey? Yeah, I, I had a team uh, in a, a past life, a training team, and they were great. And I was really busy kind of doing some other developing programs and they were really doing the day-to-day -day heavy lifting of training all of our new employees. And noticed a, a common theme was coming up in every after every training session, every training class that we had. Um, and before they kind of brought it to my attention, someone took the lead and said, okay, here's what I'm seeing. Are you seeing the same? Yes. How are we fixing it? Came up with an entire plan on what we should be doing and then brought it to my attention and said, Caitlin, we're having this problem, but here's the solution that we came up with as a group. And I thought that was amazing, right? Not only did it show that they cared, but they didn't wait until it became a bigger problem that was immediately in my face. They said, we're starting to see it. Here's how we want to mitigate that. And because of that initiative, because of them taking that lead on that even though they probably didn't have to, it saved the company, myself, all of us, a lot of time, kind of heartache, money, if you will, um, because they got around the problem. So that was, you know, when we talked about through that, when I heard that, that was the thing that came to my mind immediately because it was the perfect example of initiative. They didn't have to do it, but they did it and we were able to move forward really quickly. And I bet that made them really stand out to you as an employee with Absolutely. potential. Yes, 100%. And, you know, it was the, I was fairly new with this team too. So it was, it was an amazing thing to see as, cause we were still building how we work well together as well. So being able to know that, you know, Hey, totally capable, able to then, where are we going? That, that person felt very comfortable with me then to talk through and like, how do we then continue now to develop this skill and, and where you want to be in your next role? Because they were ready. It was very apparent that they were ready for more. And on the flip side, when you've seen an employee holding back and not really taking that initiative, what do you do in those cases to coach them along? Or do you even, or do you let them sort of figure it out and figure, figure perhaps they're more of a B player than an A player? I always think it's worth at least a conversation, right? If you know that someone is holding back and it's apparent they have some really great ideas, but they don't like to speak up. It's, I think it's great as a leader to have that conversation with them. You know, what's going on? I know when we could be something where we talk one-on-one, -on -one, you have great ideas. Maybe you're afraid to mention it in a group, afraid of what someone may say. It's scary, like I said, to kind of put yourself out there. You're afraid of um, that 
kind of failure even, um, but talking through what it is, the root of them maybe not speaking up and, and then helping them overcome that, whether it is a different forum, if it's uh, just a confidence piece and going from there, everyone's going to be different. You know, if it's a confidence thing, it's just continuing to build them up and helping them get some of those small wins to really build their confidence, um, supporting them throughout the ideas as they're kind of sharing them. If it's to more senior leadership or, you know, like, I'll give you the credit, let's talk through it. And I'll make sure that we're, we're talking through, hey, this person came up with this idea at first so they can see, wow, that idea went over really well. I probably could have said it myself. So it's really, I think, uncovering the root cause of what is keeping them from holding back and, um, and helping them through it. And it sounds like part of that is trust, building Big trust. Big trust, yeah. It's all about the relation. I feel like it's all about the relationship. It's definitely about trust and because you're vulnerable in that in those moments. And if you don't have that trust and don't have that relationship, it's it's even harder to as a leader or as a peer to kind of come across that way to that person. So and are there specific things you do in your training to help build that trust and help build that rapport? Yeah, so it's something that as trainers, you sometimes have to do and, and very quickly, right? So I think it's showing up as your whole self. It's being authentic to who you are. Um, you know, you may be walking into a room full of people you've never met before, and now you're teaching them something. And adult learners like to be a part of the process as well. So it's kind of taking all of those pieces into consideration and showing up as your whole self, being vulnerable as the trainer um, to to let them kind of see that side of you where, hey, we're, we're all here together. Let's all learn together. Let's do this. And here's a little bit about me. And it's, you know, icebreakers are icebreakers for a reason. And they can be fun. Sometimes they can be silly, but that's the whole point, right? We want to let our guards down um, so we can be really open and receive the message as it's intended. So a lot of that is just, for me, it's coming in and, and being myself as much as I can. And what's the silliest icebreaker you've used? <laughs> oh boy, there's a bunch. Um, there was one, uh, like a crazy one where we would do with, um, we were learning change management and it was a ball exercise. So we had to figure out like the fastest way to get the ball around the room without dropping it. And, and you know, the learners, and you end up seeing emerging leaders come out throughout the process because you, you, then you add another ball to it. So it's, everyone's fine with one. Then when we have two and three and they're all going around, a million different things happening, you start to see the, um, the leaders kind of emerge on how to problem solve and it's super fun. It gets really loud at times and there's things flying all over the room, but um, it's a really great one. So maybe not too crazy, but it's definitely fun and exciting. That sounds fun. I bet it gets, I bet it's an interesting way to get a sneak peek into how people handle processes and how they problem solve. Absolutely. <laughs> and Caitlin, we're in such a unique time right now with many people leaving the workplace or shifting careers. And data shows that women are returning much less than their male counterparts. Have you been seeing this? And how can initiative help women wanting to return or make a change, do you think? Yeah, and I saw a statistic where men will apply for the job if they only have like 60% of the qualifications, whereas women will only apply if they feel like they have a hundred percent of them. And it, and to me, I was like, that is so crazy. But then when I thought about myself and, you know, when I was in looking for a change or out, you know, interviewing and I, I would do that. Um, 
And it's, it's a little like interesting to think of and whether it's for reasons because I'm afraid that I won't have the qualifications and I'll fail or, you know, maybe I don't want to waste time. I'm trying to be respectful of the, the, the company's preferences. Um, it's just an interesting take on, on the, how different genders kind of view themselves. And I think what women should start taking away from mm -hmm. those having more confidence, right. And, and goes to myself too, as I was thinking, I was like, why didn't I have the confidence to apply? I read the job description. It sounded like a perfect fit for me. I got to the qualifications and because I didn't meet every single one of them, mm -hmm. I passed on that role. What if I didn't? Um, so I think it's applying for the job. It's having that confidence in yourself. And I know sitting here, it's so easy to say this, right? Like that doesn't fall short on me, but it's having that courage and really believing in yourself. And and I think that ap applies the same way when it comes to promotions or, or asking for more. You know, the worst that happens is they say no and you get the feedback as to why. So then you know what to do for the next time or for the next, what you're working on, your next, you know, development plan, if you will. So it's, I think having that confidence, it's being able to know your own abilities, but there's a lot of resources out there. So many amazing organizations supporting women returning to the workforce, mm -hmm. supporting moms even. Um, so it's finding those that really align to your industry, to you and, and using them, not being afraid to kind of even ask for that help as well. Yes. It's definitely taking that initiative <laughs> and even taking that initiative to help yourself. Yes, absolutely. 100%. Well, wonderful. And what do you see or what would you say is one of the key reasons behind why women tend to hold themselves back or make them unsure about taking initiative? You had a great example of if women feel they don't check all the boxes on a job description, they won't even bother to apply. What do you feel is the root cause for that for holding ourselves back? I feel like it just comes from a place where, you know, as girls, um, and, and I think about this a lot because I have a young mm -hmm. daughter, right? So as girls, we're, we're taught to, you know, follow the rules, be ladylike, be polite. That's not what little girls do. Um, where boys are really taught to be fearless and to, you know, take risks and, you know, mm -hmm. jump off the tree, you know, house where little girls don't do that. And, and I think it's changing that shift, you know, starting as a young, young, younger age. And now, like, I'm an adult woman. So now it's just me needing to make those changes for myself and realizing that, you know, women can do just as many great and amazing things that just because of I'm a woman, it doesn't mean that I can't or, you know, shouldn't have a seat. And I think sometimes it's just the way we were almost raised and it's changing it from the beginning, I think, and starting to make that shift the way we raise our young girls and, and boys now. And for women, you know, that are older and, and still have some of that where, well, you know, no, I don't have all of those qualifications. I'm taught to play by the rules. And the rule is this company wants all of these job requirements. And then maybe I don't have seven to 10 years. Maybe I have one to two, but it's still taking that risk because if, if it's, if it's the role you know you're really great at knowing your abilities and that you can, why not go for it? So I think it, it kind of stems from that. I like what you said. And I think taking initiative and taking that first step can feel very risky to us and can feel like we have a lot very. on the line, especially when it comes to our careers and yeah. what we do. 
yeah, it's definitely taking initiative for yourself, taking that risk. It's super scary. Nobody likes to fail. That doesn't feel good. But if you can take those, you know, even when you do have a stumble or a failure and learn from them, then you can make those into positive experiences. So it's kind of not being afraid to take the initiative because if I fail, it's just a learning experience for me. So if you can make that shift in your mindset, I think it makes those scary raising of your hand and taking initiative a little bit easier. Uh Yeah. Yes. And it's like that old adage that we learn more from our failures than our successes taking that risk. Yeah. Well, Caitlin, this has been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. I loved having the conversation. I appreciate your time. This has been really great. It was a lot of fun. And thank you to all of our listeners. This is Women's Leadership Today. Make sure to join us next month when we will be focusing on influence as our theme for September. We release two episodes each month and you won't want to miss a single one. You can now watch us on YouTube and listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere podcasts can be found. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe today and follow along with us on LinkedIn. Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening. Progressive Women's Leadership is passionate about providing the best tools to help you reach your fullest potential. Visit us today at progressivewomensleadership.com for access to workshops, articles, e-guides, and much more to help you further develop your skills and advance your career.